Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. What a great guest today. We have Sean Cullen, director of A Fat Wreck, the punkumentary about a fan-made film about Fat Wreck Records. I would imagine if you're listening to this episode, you know who Fat Wreck Records are. Based out of San Francisco, uh, Fat Mike from NoFX is kind of the face of the label. There's a great chance that you love one of their bands like I did growing up. At some point, you fell in love with Lagowagon, No Use for a Name. Uh, there's just a billion uh, against me. I mean, so many bands, so many amazing bands on this label, and they have a really great story. And Sean is a, in this episode is Sean's first off. Sean's really nice. We got along really well. Uh, we're pretty similar. It turned out we're both a couple of dorky dudes that love punk rock, Simpsons, and puppets. <laughs> so uh, it, I'm just so happy to get this guy on. I watched all the teaser trailers, and Sean was nice enough to send me some extra some stuff online. I watched the uh, some making of. They you got to watch the teaser trailers, and if you're a comedy fan, you're going to see some mystery science three thousand jokes and. You're going to see some like kind of visual gags, and you'll be impressed with the comedy. But the content is just incredible. This documentary looks phenomenal. They have an Indiegogo campaign going on right now, very young, when you're listening to this. I do encourage you to uh, scope it out on uh, Indiegogo slash project slash A Fat Wreck, the punkumentary. Uh, their website is just afatwreck.com, so afatwreck.com. And you can get to their Facebook, which is facebook.com slash AFATREC. And their Twitter is just at AFATREC. So, like, go to their website. I'm just, I can't say that enough. Go to their website, AFATREC.com. Please, uh, considering donating to their Indiegogo campaign, um, I actually did. I'm, I'm not going to bullshit you. I did. I listened to this. I, I got to talk to Sean. I absolutely believe in this movie. They have a lot of incredible people working on it and volunteering in some facet. I mean, there's members of Foo Fighters, Against Me, No Use for a Name, uh, Lagwagon, just Fat Mike, Fat Mike, Fat Mike from fucking NoFX is in this documentary, and uh, Sean has a really cool story of how he kind of got in contact with him and the support he's gotten from uh, Fat Wreck, but kind of in a distance way, so like Fat Wreck has nothing to do with this. I really can't say enough good things about Sean. I really hope you get to hear him come back on the podcast. I'd love to have him back. Anytime anyone involved with this film who's looking to come on, you are more than welcome on this show as well. Uh, allow me to give a couple quick plugs, and we'll get to the show. Uh, we have Let's Chat is on uh, the wonderful Misfits Network. We have a website, themisfitsnetwork.com. You could subscribe to our new newsletter uh, on their website, themisfitsnetwork.com. Uh, check out some of the other amazing podcasts. Taint Funny. I was actually I was against once on Taint Funny and Tack Van Sickle from Taint Funny. Taint Funny was on here once, and now they're a part of the Misfits Network. Welcome aboard, guys! Huge, big fan of those dudes. Uh, find us on Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast, Facebook.com slash Let's Just Chat. Uh, let us know what you think about any of the episodes. I've been kind of noticing there's been a lot of uh, international downloads, so thank you for all you wonderful people overseas downloading this episode. Also, if you have listened to the show before or you're new to the show, uh, Stephen Smith and Go Jonah Bear were so wonderful and came on as guests to the show. And I want to let you know, they are the host of the my, one of my favorite podcasts, Going Off Track. They have a live podcast coming up this week, July 25th. I, was, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it, sadly, because it's my grandmother's birthday. Uh, anyhow, they have the guest, Vanessa Bear, SNL. She's in... 
Trainwreck, and they also have uh, Blake Schwarzenbach. Schwarzenbach, you might know him from uh, Jawbreaker and a band uh, Dear You. And uh, they also have Eddie Stern, who's a yoga dude. And uh, anyhow, that's going to be great. Union Hall, Brooklyn, 10 bucks live show. Get in, tell them Let's Chat sent you. And uh, make sure you, and if you want to go back and listen to their episodes, that's great. Uh, anyway, thanks again to Sean, and let's get to it. The hog, the hog, you never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight because I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Capri. Funk, Master Flex, Love, Funk, Star, Ski. You were asking about the on the trailers, all the humor type stuff. Yes, yeah, um, it, and they were really, and, and all the jokes, like, fucking hit. Like, they were so, they weren't, like, that stupid lame, it wasn't dumb or lame, it was, like, I, the one I like the most is, like, uh, it's kind of, like, panned out, and you see the cue cards, and it's, like, hi, well, and then it cuts to the video of you, like, you know that, you see that cliche of, like, hi, didn't see you come in there, but you see the cue cards? <laughs> oh, my God, did that fucking slayed me. We also did a thing on that one, that was the first one we did last year. We scripted, like, me and uh, my, my buddy, Tony, who, we were, he's like my hetero life mate. We've been, we've done stuff for, since we were in high school together. And so we actually wrote out, like, did a lot of pre-planning on that and wrote out each of the, the sections. And I uh, happened to be friends with some guys that had some studio space and they had all these sets already set up from some other stuff and they let us just go in there. Um, what, what I was saying, I think, before was that we had scripted everything out. We were going to do a whole bunch of different locations and then... We happened to, uh, some guys that I have done some video work with uh, had a movie studio, essentially, with a bunch of sets, and they were already set up, so we were just kind of like, we already had the script, so we just went in there in one day and kind of did everything, and we were going to do cue cards, because it was just so much writing that I didn't know, I couldn't memorize it all, so we had the cue cards, and I noticed what I could see me looking off to the side, so we were like, fuck it, let's just make that the gag that, you know, that I'm reading off to the side. So then it's kind of a purpose. And then, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but that one guy holding the cue cards, he's in every scene. We put him somehow in every scene. Oh, no way. No, that's fucking great. So he's holding the cue cards there. He's the, he's the, he's the waiter that drops off the food in the Chinese restaurant. He's the guy I'm murdering in the little horror scene. And he's the guy in the bathroom when I, who I throw the soap. Like... Uh, just we did a lot of little. I mean, uh, I'm a very I'm a big Simpsons fan and Futurama and oh, uh, I'm wearing a Simpsons T-shirt right now. Okay, that's exactly that's, that's I'm an obsessive Simpsons Futurama fan. Oh, sweet, sweet. Have you heard the Simpsons show podcast? Uh the there's a few. I listened to the one with um, uh, everything's coming up podcast. Okay, well these, the one, the one I, I listened to is two guys, and they, they're going through every single Simpsons episode from the beginning. And they basically walk through, you know, the, each episode, kind of just talk about it a little bit, sometimes play some clips, and... Uh, is it worst episode ever? Oh, that's a little bit different. That's, uh... Wow, God, I can't believe there's that many Simpsons podcasts, but I guess it makes sense that there are. Yeah, I, I, like, uh, I, like... These guys are super. Uh, they're gonna hear. Maybe they'll hear this. But they're dorky in the best way. <laughs> All right. What's it called? I gotta find this podcast because it's the Simpsons Show. Okay, I'm gonna find this. Um, 
But uh, the one thing I like about The Simpsons and all those shows is, like, uh, all the little, like, layers of jokes, you know? Like, I feel like when things have a, um, layers to them, even if you don't get all the layers, uh, you, uh... There's something that you feel that has a greater depth to it, you know, that, you know, if you don't really know all that's there. Does that make sense at all? <laughs> no, I know exactly. Like, and that's the best part. Like, The Simpsons, like, they have, uh, it's been, I hear it described as, like, they have high intellect jokes with low-hanging, like, dick jokes next to each other. And, like, sometimes it takes me, you know, I watch as a kid, and then I see it as an adult, and I'm like, oh, oh, wow, that's a literary reference I never caught. Or there's, like, something funny written in the background, like, and like, did you ever read that thing about Futurama where they created their own language in the background? Yeah, and there's like math jokes and all kind of yeah, crazy like stuff going that on that I know I'll never get. And you're just like, wow. They say that they, I, I, I was listening to the commentary. They're like, we make jokes for sometimes only like a hundred people, <laughs> like only a hundred people in the world will understand that joke. Isn't that crazy? Because that's a show that I think that's what makes something good is not just going for the dick joke, but. Kind of like, I don't know if you've seen uh, uh, Silicon Valley. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Oh, my God. I fucking, the last season, the last episode for that big dick joke, which actually ends up being like accurate math. Yeah, no. They, it's, I, Holy like, shit. Dude, you take a dick joke and make it like, you know, puts it a little like, you know, make it more complex. And that's the most complicated dick joke ever. And that would, I was like, oh, that's amazing. Um... And I think that's my philosophy with most of anything that we that we make that we've been made so far is uh um is to pack it full of you know fun stuff you know what I mean we're definitely like with this documentary you know this isn't going to be the like you know super serious dramatic documentary you know what I mean <laughs> it's uh you know it's uh, that it's not that kind of thing Mostly because, uh, to be honest with you, the Fat Record story is fairly boring, you know, from a certain perspective. It, it doesn't have a lot of, like, big drama. You know, there's some little, you know, things here and there, but they were really cool with everybody and didn't screw anyone over and are still around. You know, they didn't, like, implode or, you know... Uh, the music industry was, you know, tightening up was a little tough, but, you know, so our, our philosophy is to make it fun and funny and have kind of like a Fat Records, uh, like, album. There's some serious stuff in there, but it's, it's uh, you know, fun and it's fast and it's, you know, there's a lot of, like, mixed in with some deeper stuff is a lot of, like, pun humor. <laughs> <laughs> How did you... Is this the first thing you guys have made? Because, like, I, know, I, I have no idea how you go about making a documentary. Neither, I, neither, I, did, I, neither did I. Sounds hard. <laughs> yeah? Well, uh, it's kind of funny. Like, um, I've, like, uh, played in, you know, like, like, a little punk band for a long time. And uh, me and my, like I was saying with the audio stuff, me and my buddies, we've been audio engineers for a while. We have a recording studio. And I did, like, a little, like, punk rock record label that I, you know, still it still exists, but it, you know, you know, it's a little small thing for fun. Um, but basically, I had uh, was wanting to move into a new thing, and so I started doing video production. And I was working at a, as a marketing director for this uh, talent development school, which I call working for the enemy. 
like Demi Lovato and Jessica Simpson and like all those kind of people that's really trained. It's like that pop kind of thing. Oh, so those places do exist. Yeah, no, it's uh, dude. I, I learned a lot why most people say the music industry sucks <laughs> because uh, there's just a lot of it's just really it's just a, such a different philosophy like from like Fat Records. It's like the complete opposite, you know. Uh, which and I think that's where this interesting story is, in, in that in Fat Records. But uh, I started doing video stuff. Uh, I had the opportunity in my job to have equipment, and they needed music videos, so I started doing that, and I did a couple, right off the bat, I had a couple decently sized videos that I was producing, and uh, I was starting to shoot, and I had gone out to punk rock bowling a couple times, because uh, of the record label, I had a couple of my bands play, and, uh, you know, I fucking loved it, because it's all the punk rockers in Vegas, and uh, my buddy was like, hey, so, you know, what what kind of stuff? What, what are you gonna? What, what are you gonna do? Let's just do a project. And I was like, man, I really want to do a Fat Records documentary. Like, no one has done that, and I don't know why. Um, and it was just really kind of off the cuff, kind of like comment. And then I started thinking about it. And um, a few years back, I had uh, recorded a uh, a track with Joey Cape, and had uh, met Ryan Green and a couple other people within the the scene and I was like man I'm probably in a unique position to be able to like at least tap into a few of the bigger names of Fat Frat Records um uh, but then I just decided when I was going to Punk Rock Bowling I was like hey there's gonna be a bunch of Fat Records people that, you know people like Fat Records there why don't I go and take a camera and took my wife my wife went with me we went we, sh- we were supposed to be a vacation but I turned it into like work <laughs> uh Twitter was uh instrumental uh, I sent out a couple tweets, and uh, Joe Sib and JT Habersat from Altercation Records that were doing some stand-up sets were like, I asked them if they'd be interested in talking to me, and they said yeah. So that kind of started it, and I filmed out there, and it was just going to be a little documentary short thing, like just my friends and people that I know knew, like a 20-minute long thing. Um, and then right as soon as I got back... Uh, my job, one of the things that we do is a showcase, and they bring in industry people to look at these uh, these up-and-coming teeny bopper people, pop stars, you know, wannabe pop stars. And one of the judges happened to be Ryan Green. Uh, and so they literally, my job that I was working for, you know, independently of anything that was going on, flew Ryan Green directly to me. And so I asked him if he wanted to, you know, if he'd be interested in talking to me about Fat Records. And I don't, if you ever have a chance to meet Ryan Green, he's, like, just one of the fucking nicest guys ever. Like, just super cool. Just really, me and ha- him have a very similar sense of humor, and we just connected right away. And um, at that point, I figured I had something a little more than just my friends. Does that, that make sense? You know, it was now I had someone who was integral part in developing that fat record sound um and then um i put together a trailer uh, of what i filmed and sent it to fat mike i had uh got his email address in a kind of a roundabout way uh i guess i'll tell the story so uh when i was when i did that song with joey cape we were emailing back and forth obviously um you know when to send him this track and everything 
And then uh, a couple years later, and I you know stayed in touch from time to time, but a couple years later, they were planning a lag wagon tour, and he accidentally included me on an email thread. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and I, you know, immediately I sent him a thing. I said, hey, I think you got the wrong Sean. He was talking to one of the other Seans that had played for Lagwagon. Uh, and I was like, you got the wrong... He's like, I'll come play guitar for you guys, but I just want to let you know you sent this to me. You know, here's a heads up, you know. Um, but in that thread was, happened to be Mike's email address. Um, and uh, I... I, I at that point, I knew I, you know, had his email address, but I wasn't gonna just send him an email for no reason. You know what I mean? So I just sat on on that email address for a couple years. I think it was like two years. I had it, and I was like, once I had that trailer, I was like, this is a good enough reason to send him. You know, hey, before I release this out into the world, I think I should at least run it by him or somebody at Fat Records. And to be honest, at the time, I was pretty naive. And I'm still naive, but I was really naive about how Fat Records worked. And I assumed that Fat Records was Mike, uh, as most people tend to do. Uh, and it turns out, like, going through the movie, that it's, I mean, it's part of the story, but r there's, the, there's a lot more people <laughs> that really make the label work. Uh, and I'm sure at this point you've heard of Aaron Burkett. Um, yeah, yeah. She's, dude, that was, the, that was the, my discovery thing. Uh, was getting to know her her role and everything, um, but I sent it to Mike and he sent me back uh, his uh, characteristically short uh, response. It was like, "Looks cool." So, sounds like Fat Mike. Uh, well, and, and to be honest with you, I took that as like, you know, I was like, I knew I kind of you know from reading interviews and ex people's experience with Mike, he's like brutally honest person, you know. So I think if it would have sucked and he would have, like, it would have been really terrible, he would have been like, this is crap, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I don't think, from, from, I don't know him, obviously, but, like, from what I've heard of him on, like, uh, podcasts and interviews, like, I'm pretty sure he would have no, I, no worries about hurting a random stranger's feelings. Yeah, but, no, I know. think, I think, uh, uh, I, I, I took that as, like, almost like a, hey, this is good. <laughs> like, you know? I take it as go forward. <laughs> So I did, but really, like I said, what I learned is I really sh there's a couple other people I should have asked first. You know, like I should have really reached out to the Fat Wreck uh, staff first because they're like Mike kind of does his thing and like finds bands and like you know like you know uh, that kind of thing. But he's kind of removed from the day to day of Fat Records, you know, and he'll talk about that too. Yeah. Like he goes in there like maybe once a week and lets them kind of handle all that stuff. So um, I got, I think I had to work to build up the trust of the Fat Rec staff and Aaron and them because I think it kind of caught them off guard that somebody was making a documentary about their thing, you know? And um, to be honest with you, I had contemplated getting in touch with them when I started it, but at that point I had really not a lot of experience and I was just some guy and, you know, I was going to tell it from the fans' perspective anyway. So I was kind of like, if I... Ask them if I go to them and say, "Hey, I want to do a documentary about Fat Records." I would probably get a "Who are you?" <laughs> you know, uh, kind of thing. If you know what I mean, like who 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 are oh, you? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Um, and as it turns out, uh, you know, in my dealings with Mike, talking to Mike later on, uh, apparently there were people that were wanting to do Fat Records documentary, but he had kept telling them no because he's like it's boring, you know. 
Uh, he, he thinks that Fat Record's story is kind of boring. Um, I don't. I think it's awesome. I think it's a very unique thing, the way they operate. And to them, that's just, it's kind of like a no-brainer. It's like treat people how you want to be treated and treat people right and, you know... Uh, but that is such a rare thing in the music industry. It really is like a one-off. I mean, I'm a, that's a, one-off isn't the right way to say it. There are definitely other labels that are good to their uh, their people for sure. But not. I, I just it's for me that ethos that Fat Records ha- seem to have, and what the bands talked about, and the, what it seemed to like uh, exemplify was uh, a certain ethos that's very rare in, in people, not just, like, in any industry, you know what I mean? Where it's not yeah, a st- yeah. stabbing people in the back kind of thing. It's like, treat people right, you know, don't, you know. It's it, it, I, I think Mike just thinks that's how, that's how people are, should be, so he thinks it's boring that they, you know, did that. I mean, it, it doesn't make for a great... Um, you know, lifetime movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because like, where's the drama? But if, can you? I, Everyone I wants like, dra- before when we were preparing. I, you know, I knew, I knew we were doing this. So I was like thinking back from like my past. Though, like, I think Fat Wreck is like one of the few labels. I mean, there's got to be a few more, but like, there's only a few labels left that I used to love that were independent. And if they are still around, I still respect because like. You know, I used to love, like, Victory Records, and then you've heard so many horror stories about how awful they were. So, you know, I don't really listen to... I I don't know. I don't really follow labels like I used to when I was, like, super into that stuff. But, like, I I just found out Vagrant is now part of, like, BMG, and they have, like, Janet Jackson and stuff. And I'm, like... I just found this out, like, on Sunday, so it was kind of a mind-blowing experience. You know, to be honest with you, like, all, you know... uh, I don't know if there's a secret or not. I should reveal this, but... Like well, even every in, good label owned by a even label? not owned, but every my every like not minor, but every independent label usually has to work with one of the bigger dis- distributors to get it into stores and things like that. So all of them end up working. Oh yeah, with yeah. Them, you know, um, well, you know that. But like, but Vagrant, I didn't because I was looking at Vagrant's website. Like they have like Janet Jackson is on their label now, so it's like home of the Get Up Kids and Janet Jackson. So it's it's not the Vagrant that I used to, and and I don't fault anyone. You know, I mean, it's really, right. If you need. I don't think it's no, a problem. An Epitaph kind of, I some, and I love Epitaph. Epitaph's still around, right? They're still doing it. But but that's why I think their story is so interesting because Fat Wreck has been the same. By the time I found it, it had been around forever. And it, I feel like it's probably the same label, the same mentality, and the same kind of bands since I was like 18. I'm now 30. By the time I found it, it had been around for like, what, 15, 20 years? Yeah, it's. I, I, I'm with you. I think the story is so unique that it's just like, I mean, drive through gone like all those labels that I, in that time frame of my life are just gone except fat rack and maybe like epitaph when even epitaph kind of like um you know my favorite like full disclosure my favorite band is propagandi that's my like top favorite band uh so but it's so it's hard for me to circle the square that they're on the same record label as falling in reverse and not for the reason, not for the reason that Falling Reverse isn't kind of the music that I like. It's really just like that band, the band's ethos, you know, Propagandi's ethos and Falling Reverse. And I don't pretend to know everyone in the bands, uh, what their all personal beliefs are, but 
just going by the lead singer and the, the kind of songs that they put out there and the vibe they put out there, it's just, it's such a, it's so, it's so odd for me <laughs> to think that that's the same record label. And I, uh, and I think, and that's one of the things that I think we heard a lot from everyone we interviewed, and we've interviewed a lot of people, um, a lot. The people you have in your, uh, in case someone is listening who hasn't um, seen your trailer yet, which they should, and donate to your Indiegogo uh, <laughs> campaign. <laughs> um, but you have what? You you did four different countries, a bunch of 10,000 miles, and like 100 bands. I mean, you had, like, so I'm just watching the preview, and I see like, it was it Chris Shetfield from Foo Fighters, and he was also in what, Sunny Day Real Estate? Chris Shiflett. Uh, was he? I don't know if he was in Sunny Day. He was in Shiflet? No Use for a Name. I think he went from No Use for a Name into the Foo Fighters. Um, uh, yeah, I mean uh, Chris Shiflett. Okay, um, I knew I knew some of the Foo Fighter people, but like we got uh, we uh, you know and let, let me clarify that we we I did not film in those countries. We have, dude. This project has been just like a huge collaborative. Thing with a lot of Fat Records fans. In fact, in the title, in the titles come up, it doesn't say a movie by Sean Cologne, you know, like some directors do. It says a music by the Fat, a, a, a document, um, you know, a film by the Fat fans. Because it not only, I mean, I, I, you know, I'll take credit for directing it, but like we have, a, I have a, a, a guy named Aaron in San Francisco that shot, you know, he shot with Bracket and um, Tilt. And has done some drone shots and getting us like cinematic quality shots of San, around San Francisco and um, all kind of stuff. We had a uh, uh, Randy uh, up in this guy Randy up in Winnipeg that just got, which is really timely because that news with, about the Weaker Thans just broke. Right, but, but, but that we, was just like, but uh, we got John K. Sampson interviewed. And apparently, like, when I talked to John, like, uh, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. Like, apparently he hasn't done, like, I think an interview in, like, five years or something like that. Um, and, like, and that's, and this is, like, a rare interview for him to be on camera, you know, which is a really big thing for us. Um, me as a fan, as a propaganda fan, you know, to have those three guys that were, um, and I'll say this, the movie... We kind of had, you know, there's a lot of bands on Fat Records, and there's a lot of generations, and we really focused mo- mainly on the 90 to 99 time period for the most part. Good time frame. Yeah, to kind of, you know, when you're going into something, you kind of have to limit it to a certain degree. Not that we didn't talk to other people, you know, as, as many people as we could, but really, like, we're focusing on the first five fat bands and the, uh, the origin of Fat Records and how it operates. Um, and also the fandom, like, there's... A uh, big section about the subculture of Fat Records and things like that um, that I'm really ex- excited about. Um, but uh, I kind of rambled there. But my point of all that was that the, this guy, these guys in Winnipeg, up in Canada, um, one I had um, I had uh, some guys in Germany drive six hours down to Berlin uh, each way, so twelve hours total. To go get an interview with uh, Dave Pollock. He's uh, Destiny Dave. He's the guy that brought Fat Records over to Europe and helps with all the uh, the um, concerts, you know, booking over there. Um, and then uh, the guys from Goober Patrol um, uh, reached out to us, Tom, and he, they wanted, you know, they were asking, and they put together a film, had their friends, uh, which all be credited um, on the film, of course, 
but they filmed with Wizzo and Guru Patrol. Um, and then just recently, the um, uh, Aki from uh, High Standard, uh, his crew went ahead and filmed an interview of him over in Tokyo. Wow. So you and have these... like the real community basis to make a film like similar to the Fat Wreck mentality of just like... Exactly. It's like... It's this amazing thing. I mean, I had, we had, so we did like over, like we have over a hundred interviews and in order to manage those, that many interviews, you can't sit there and just scroll, watch all those interviews. You know, I mean, like when you're, as you're editing, so, and as you're writing, so each of those interviews had to be transcribed and some of those are, you know, hour, two hour interviews, half an hour interviews. So we had a team, I put out the the word to our, uh, you know, our email list and I said, hey, we're looking for people to help transcribe. You'll get credit on, in the film. We'll send you some, you know, some, you know, cool stuff. And, um, dude, we had, like, ten people that transcribed interviews for us over the por- course of, like, four or five months. And we have, like, 70 of them transcribed. And it's like a 600-page like document. Jesus Christ. And it's all keyword searchable. So that when we're wanting to talk about family or we want to talk about Lagwagon or whatever, we can go... And the editors and the writers can go into type in Lagwagon and see all the instances of, that Lagwagon was mentioned, and it's not just typed out what they said; it's typed out with the time of the interview in it, the time code, so that the editor can go back out, find that quote, pull it out. You know, it's a whole process. Wow, that was volunteer work. We had some somebody, some people that oh, did. Wow. I I think. I had nine or ten interviews, and that's, dude, that is so much typing, and, um, I mean, it's, it, 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 and then we have a, I mean, I'm just gonna go through all the volunteers, um, Jeremy Fry, who is this, uh, Emmy Award-winning motion graphics guy up in Minnesota, is gonna, is doing all the motion graphics, uh, lower thirds, uh, a really cool title sequence that we're doing that is gonna be, we're not doing simple stuff mostly um like think like marvel's avengers <laughs> like <laughs> type motion graphics opposed to like most documentaries where they have like the real simple you know words on the screen things like that we're we're, we're not doing that we're like uh, my whole and if you probably saw from like the the pitch videos it's like let's go let's let's do whatever we can let's do something really awesome you know what i mean and go above and beyond uh what what people would expect, you know what I mean? Um, so it's been uh, like, and all the people that volunteer, they've all been down to do that kind of stuff. And like, the, hey, let's get this, you know. Let's, uh, uh, the writer Greg, um, he writes for Exclaim and uh, AP. Uh, he did a, uh, I think it's a sixteen-page. Uh, article on propaganda, like chronological, uh, thing. And I reached out to him when I first started and he didn't know who I was or anything. <laughs> he, he was like, I was like, Hey, I want to make this movie about fat records. And he was like, Oh, okay. Let me know when you get to the next stage, you know, I'm down. <laughs> I think he thought I would, it would never, you know, form into anything. So, but he, he's been down for the cause too. Cause he's a fat records fan. Um, and it's real. To encapsulate all that, it's really just been a, a huge uh, team effort. You know what I mean? Um, just pr- pretty amazing, dude. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing to be 
um, a part of it. And also, it's also sometimes a little scary. <laughs> I'm so blown away, but I didn't know you had that many volunteers. And like the origin stories of you making this documentary is is equally mind blowing to the Fat Rex story. It's like wow. Uh, and what's great is what we did is we documented, we documented, like I said, every time we do anything, we go bigger, like way more work than we need to do. We actually shot, um, as we were making it, we've made sure to kind of do some stuff and get behind the scenes stuff. And so we have like a little making of documentary that will be as like a, a, D, a Blu-ray extra. And nice. it's really, I mean, it's, you know, it's not the normal uh, making of documentary either. It's got a lot of more stuff than you'd expect. I, uh, that's something like we actually shared it a, a, a rough ver- early version of it with our email list because uh, um, when when I started the movie, it was like I said, it was going to be a short kind of thing, and it didn't really need any money. And after we got Ryan Green, and then Mike agreed to do an interview, and we got his is when we launched the Indiegogo the first time. And we were just trying to get out to California, um, you know, and back, you know, to, to do some basic stuff. Um, and when that, when that did as well as it did, we position, we reevaluated what we were doing and really decided let's go for a feature length deal and let's, you know, let's, let's go big. Let's see how, let's do something really cool. Let's, you know, I'm a big fan of documentaries, uh, film in general, and, you know, uh, love filmage. I don't know if you've seen filmage. No, I've not. You haven't seen filmage. Is that like on Netflix? Uh, it's on Amazon prime. Do you steal someone's Amazon prime account so I can watch it. Check that out. Uh, that they kind of, they kind of set the bar for some, but one thing we wanted to do, uh, with this one is, uh, I, I just always want to do something a little bit different than what everyone else is doing. So, even though we do have one of the guys from Filmage helping us on the movie, um, we're going to do a couple different things. And I'm and it, like, it's not a, it's really a secret, but we're doing uh, instead of reenactments, how most people do them with either you know animation or you know live action reenactments, we're actually uh, doing puppets. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was. Inc- I've actually had a puppeteer on here a couple times. I've become friends with. Uh, I, I'm also a big. I feel like we're the same person. Punk rock, puppets, comedy. Oh yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, think crank yankers type reenactments, sort of, <laughs> because it's the, like those kind of that kind of puppets. Like we have a little joke that we said around. Like we put, which is like, we're gonna make punk Muppets, or as we like to call them, puppets. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'm also a huge Muppet fan too, so this is perfect. Me, me too. I'm a big Jim Henson fan. Um, I've been watching a lot of. Uh, I, I got I, during the middle. You can probably hear it in the background, but during the middle of the uh, film of the making of the movie, like um, I had a daughter, uh, which is you know pretty crazy in a in a single year to have like a movie happen and then also have a child happen. Uh, so, but, um, so we watch a lot of Fraggle Rock. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so I had my daughter, so I've been watching a lot of Fraggle Rock, you know. And here's a, a cool thing, I mean, and like I said, this is, you know, we've kind of announced some of this, so it's not, like, secret by any means. But, um, 
Jenny uh, Cotterill from Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them in your doc. Yeah, are, are you familiar with Bad Cop, Bad Cop? Have you listened to them yet? No, I'm not. You should check them out. They're really, the new album is really great. They're super awesome. Uh, we knew they were new the fat, one of the new fat bands, so we went out to California. We asked them if they would want to be interviewed, and they did, and we didn't really know what to expect. And everyone in the band is just an amazing people. They're just really awesome people and very talented. But it turns out that one of the lead singers of um, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, Jenny, uh, used to work for uh, Titmouse, drawing the backgrounds of Metalocalypse. No fucking way. Yeah, and she told me this. We were we were out. We were, the second time we were out in California. We did a second filming thing with them, and she's like, "Hey, I, I do art stuff, and I already knew her art was incredible, but she's like, I also make puppets, and you know, have you thought about having puppets?" And I was like, my brain like exploded. It explodes right. And I, because I knew like if she'd done the backgrounds of Metalocalypse, she was you know, and I'd seen her art, and I and she showed me some of the other puppets she had made, and I was like, I want fucking puppets. I want puppets in this. And um, so I, I collaborated with her and um, her, her buddy, Javier, who, who's made puppets now for a little bit. And we're making a lot of puppets. So we're making like a Fat Mike puppet, an Aaron puppet, like like detailed out. And then we're doing what I call the mid-level puppets, which are have like interchangeable face, facial features and clothing features that can be used as like different band members, whoever is in a story. And then we're making 10 to 12 punk rock sock puppets for people for to be in the background as, like, extras, essentially. Uh, and they're not just sock puppets. They're, like, fully built out, and they have arms. And, like, imagine, like, like a crust punk would be, like, a dirty gray sock with a hole in it, you know, and, like, a, but with, like, a mohawk, you know, that kind of thing. So um, we what we hope to do is... Be I, I don't know if, if anyone out there or if you can tell me if any documentary has done puppet reenactments yet. I don't think it's been done, and I've looked. So I'm hoping we're also doing something that is a little bit, you know, uh, we'll see if it works. But uh, I'm really excited about getting to try something a little different, you know. Dude, that's amazing. So you're just trying to, like, hit every nerve for every, like, fat rec nerd, fellow comedy Muppet fan. Well, you know, it, it's really... <laughs> I feel like, and it was like with our last pitch video, I it's like an excuse to play. You know? So... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like... I think if we put puppets in it, Everyone will like it, and we'll, everyone will, you know, it'll sell a lot, and blah, blah. It was more, man, I want to see that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which, in my experience with Fat Records fans, usually the things that I like, they like, you know. There's kind of a common, commonality in, like, all the different things that we all like. I think, like, if, I think, I usually think if you're a Fat Records fan, generally there's a lot of things we're going to agree on, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's been my experience, uh, just, like, meeting people. And when I did the record label stuff and meeting other people like that, it, that's been my thing. So my guide isn't, like, what can we do that's different? You know, like I said, the puppet thing came up very organically. It wasn't like we were thinking of a way to differentiate ourselves, if that makes sense. We weren't like, what can we do that no one else has done before? No, I, 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 like, I think it comes off very organic. 
Yeah, I, the, everything in the whole movie's been organic. It's really been... Um, now, I've been able to use my marketing experience to, like, uh, take, adva- take advantage. Uh, I don't know how to, the right way to say it, but um, get the most out of those kind of things. But even when I was doing marketing, like, my whole thing is, you know, being authentic and being, you know, not bullshitting. You know, so much of marketing is bullshitting. But I I don't feel like that is like there's a new it's a new world you know what I mean? Uh, oh, it's so it's, it's so great right like people can just make what they love and good because like your your project is like a you know from it sounds like a labor of love but the quality of it looks like a fucking studio made it. Thank you for saying that. That's actually a huge compliment. Um, I can't. And I I really mean it too. Like the your the quality was outrageous and th- that's and that's so cool about these times now. It's not like. The gatekeepers are all different. Like, I'm making a podcast in my bedroom, and I work in mental health on the side, like, as a job job, and I get to have, like, a fun little creative outlet. And then, like, people that would not get to make these movies, like, no studio would ever make fucking this documentary you're making, but it's going to be so important to so many people like me. It's like, yes, this needs to get made, and yes, we all should donate money to it, because, like... (laughs) We can. That's it's fucking it's, great. It's a, I, love, I love Kickstarter. All these it's things. A, it's great. It's it's a it's 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 a dual sword. It's one. It's like it's like uh, the Spider Man. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. Like there's a lot of like I, there's a, a lot of responsibility for me to make sure that I do this well, and it's you know um, that I, that I don't let anybody down. Somebody's gonna get let down. Because somebody that they want to see in the movie isn't going to be in it. But we did over 100 interviews, and we tried to get everyone we possibly could. So if they're not in the movie, we either just couldn't make it happen, or they didn't want to be in the movie. You know, that kind of thing. So, um... And then your resources, I would imagine... I mean, the fact that you got someone from... You got Fat Mike in your film. I bet that... I mean, that was shocking to me. I didn't expect to see that. He's not a big interview guy. He it really, dude. Mike is just an interest. He's such an interesting dude, man. He's such a like. He's such. He has this like persona that he puts out out there. Um, but then, at, uh, you know, one of the things about that uh, I mentioned, Greg had written that propaganda article, and me, I'm like I said, I'm a huge propaganda fan. But the thing I got out of the article the most was how good of a dude Mike was. Um, if, I don't know if you've read the article, but one of the revelations in it is that Mike gave uh, Chris like $50,000 to start G7. Let that sink in for a second. I own a record label. I'm going to give you, a band on my record label, money to start your own record label. (laughs) Wow, that never happens. You know, uh, Mike's not a regular, he's not, it's, he's not a regular guy. He he, he really, like, he's been, uh, he has... What he calls a um, uh, a mild disinterest in the movie. <laughs> he he's been he's been like kind of he, he's kind of interesting how he how he's taken it. Like I don't know if you saw he tweeted about our latest pitch video, um, and I was glad to say that you were that you thought everything was funny because he was like Sean, you're a total dork. <laughs> He's like, I didn't know you were a total. That's like a compliment from him. And no, it's a it's a compliment. And it, the, I mean, he said you're a total dork. He's like, you better make this movie not suck. And then, yep. put, and then he put a link to our Indiegogo. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's kind of like, 
keeping a certain amount of distance, and I, you know, I, which is is good because you want to do. I mean, you almost kind of want to do that when someone's doing a thing about you, you know. Um, yeah, because yeah. don't you want him not? And if you're making a documentary, you don't want the person you're filming to like have a say right. in the film. And and same thing with Fat Records. Like uh, a lot of I, it's funny. Like you know. Uh, I'll get I'll get things on our Facebook page. I think when we did the second Indigo, someone was like, hey, "Why don't you ask Mike? He's got millions of dollars." And I was like, "We're not making it for Mike. We're making it for us." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like okay. this isn't for him. Like like this is you know what it's you know meant to us, and we want to show. I want to show other people. Like, look, this is a way. This is a way. Uh, look, this is a way to operate. And you can create a sustainable model where you're, you're uh, you know, where you can make quality stuff, you can put out great bands, you can also get to work with your friends and help them uh, create a, um, a living for themselves. And basically, you know, all the fat, everyone at Fat works really, really fucking hard. They're all crazy hard workers. Like, all the bands, they all fucking, like, just the sheer amount of effort they put into all their stuff. It's, it's, it's like, um, I don't know, you, you know, you, you almost want to, you want to highlight that and show people like that it, it's, it can exist. But at the same time, you know, Fat Records doesn't want to, they want people to, you know, we don't want anyone to think that Fat Records is making this documentary, you know, like that this is a fan made film. This is something that was inspired by the, what they did and I'll say this, in interviewing, like, Aaron and the staff and Mike and uh, even a lot of the bands, I, I don't really think that they really, not in a negative way, but I don't think, they're just regular people, you know, just doing what they, doing regular stuff. They don't feel like they're doing anything out of the ordinary per se. You know, they're just treating everybody right and putting out the music they like and working hard at it. And I don't think they realize the impact that they've had on people's lives on a, not just like the music, but like on that, how that ethos has meant a lot to other people who are Fat Records fans, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Do you, so do you think you're going to do a screening in San Fran if you're able to for like the Fat Rec people? Because I bet they're going to have a very positive experience being like, oh, I guess our work means something. Um, no, no, uh, we, we it's, it's it's out there. It's actually, and I'll mention this, uh, if anyone listening, um, we are doing a test screening. It's a private test screening after the Fat Rec 25, uh, the day two at 10 o'clock at the Roxy Theater. And right now if, uh, on the Indiegogo, there's a, you can be invited to that if you're a contributor. All our executive producers and uh, producers and people who contributed uh, at that level on the first one are all invited. We're inviting the Fat Rec family, you know, all the uh, bands and, you know, all their people because we're, we're actually doing like a test screening to show them where it's at and then we're going to have like, you know, information cards that are handed out, you know, and get feedback from everybody um, before we finalize the movie. You know what I'm saying? Uh so yeah, we're definitely doing test screening in San Francisco. Um, really nervous <laughs> and excited about it. You know, um, how do you show your heroes something you made about them? You know, like uh, it's 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 a it's a it's a really surreal thing. 
you know, one of the other cool things about when we did our filming last year, last summer, is that we filmed at, um, uh, in the studio while Lagwagon was recording Hang, and then we were also, you know, at, not for the whole thing, obviously, but for part of it, and we also were in with Strung Out while they were recording uh, their last album. Jesus Christ, I, I, I just, like... Came a little hearing both of those. Yeah, you got to watch both of those bands record. Dude, it was like, you know, we're only we only saw like maybe one little part here and there, but uh, but to be there, you know, and the fact that these guys are so, um, so rad to let us come and intrude. You know what I mean? Uh, when they're when they're working on the thing, to, to let us come in and you know with a bunch of cameras and taking up a bunch of time and you know. I, I, it was they're just all really everyone's been so humble and so cool and just down to earth and exactly what it, it's like I said like it's not like a it's boring. <laughs> from a from, did, did you get to go to Joey Cape's home studio? Oh, they, they were recording in Santa Barbara. Oh, cool! At, uh, at the studio that they've done a lot of work. I think the Bad Astronaut stuff was done there, and. Uh, we were also we also uh, we actually also went to Motor Studios. We interviewed Ryan Green, of course. We did tw- two interviews with him. I did the one that I got initially, but we did a second one with him in L.A. in his uh, his studio in L.A. With, you know, behind the board and the whole thing, you know. Um, but we also got um, and in the shot, actually, there's a little trivia. In the shot with Ryan Green, there's two guitars in the corner. And those two guitars were used on all the first, like, those first, like, five or six fat records um, that came out. Uh, so there's a little history there, like, to throw in those little things. Um, but we also uh, made a trip up to Motor Studios, which is being run uh, right now by this guy named Josh. Uh, and it has all the albums on the walls, and we got footage of the board, the SSL board and all the equipment there and that's where all those records were made back in the um early 90s with propaganda like not the first propaganda but the second propaganda record and uh and a bunch of the other ones uh um just we, we were very like for me that was really cool to be in there and be in the studio where all those records and being an audio engineer being like being able to touch the board and touch play on the guitar <laughs> that all those uh records were you know, kind of like really this really visceral um, connection with uh, something that has meant a lot to me, definitely. Um, I'm hoping all that gets conveyed to the movie, to the fans, that excitement and that kind of like those, getting to see those little nuggets. Um, yeah. That's great. Uh, so what, what, are you in Texas? Yeah, I'm in Dallas, Texas. Did you grow up in Texas? Uh... I've sort of. <laughs> I was um, my okay, okay. So I'll just give you the quick lowdown. I was born in New York City, but then whisked away almost immediately to Savannah, Georgia. So most of, I was mostly raised in Savannah, Georgia. Um, I did all my high school years here in Texas, in Dallas, and that's really where I was like really opened up to when I was first really opened up to Fat Records and like um, going through that phase in high school, you know, and really. Um, first punk rock show I ever Fat Records band was actually the Queers, um, and oh, wow. I had my uh, I had long hair because I was all big Nirvana guy, and I had my hair cut into a mohawk. Get this for a punk documentary. My now 
good friends were making at the time called uh, it's a documentary about punk rock called Fuck the World. <laughs> That's amazing. And they interviewed Joe Queer. And it was uh, it's when I really knew that I like not the documentary thing, but really knew I was into punk rock because I was really into the queers. And Joe Queer came off stage and talked to everybody. And it was the first time I'd ever experienced that, you know. I had gone to like a uh, some concerts, but they were always like big, and they were always backstage. And I didn't realize that that was a thing. So my first punk rock show, I was uh, I actually helped. Turned out I actually helped make a documentary back, back then because we were all in like um, media tech like classes, you yeah. know. But then I didn't do video stuff for years after that. So it was kind of interesting that things kind of came full circle. But um, but yeah, I was raised in in Dallas. Uh, then my my folks moved to Florida after high school, and I moved with them, and I did not like it. And uh, I decided to move back um, to Texas uh, to start a band and start a, a recording studio with my buddy Tony. And uh, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I didn't. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. I'm just curious of how you found Fat Wreck, but like, even like in like some of the clips of your trailers, it's like because I'm from Connecticut, and you know, uh, you know, I first found punk rock. But, like, I feel like I found SoCal and Fat Wreck and San Francisco punk later. And, like, in still my head, there's, like, um, have you ever heard of the blog Washed Up Emo? No, not yet. Oh, it's fucking awesome. I had um, Tom on from here, and we were talking about that, like, we we're both Northeast guys. And talking about how our history of punk is, like, the basement scene. But when you talk to people from, like, California, there's no basements in California. So it's just, like, a right. whole different, it's, like, a whole different, like, the same movement on punk rock. It's just so different. Because I grew up going to shows in, like, basements and VFW halls. And then if you talk to right. someone who grew up in, like, San Diego, they're like, we didn't have basement shows. It's like, it's, it's funny how, because I remember by the time I found, like, uh, no no use for a name. La Actually, I found Lagwagon from Tony Hawk. I won't even lie. Tony Hawk okay. 2, right? Yeah, Tony Hawk 2. And yeah. you jump in the bums in Venice, and it plays Lagwagon's May 16th. And you get every, it's, and that's when I was like, what's this band, Lagwagon? And then I found those, like, fat rec comps and just fucking... Right. That's how I found all of those bands, like, pre-internet. Maybe, I mean, there might have been internet. I don't know. But I wasn't... It wasn't what it is now. Dude, you basically echoed a lot of the interviews. Uh, so many people. So many people were like, that was fat records comps. Like, uh, my... Like, I came across fat records... I think what happened was... There's audio effects on a, um, you know, on the epitaph, um, Punkorama, is when I first yeah, heard no effects. Those were good. And then uh, my sister moved out to LA, and she was living in LA, and I used to go spend some summers out there. And uh, the first time I went out there, I had a bunch of Nirvana CDs and a bunch of stuff like that. And uh, I actually got robbed by some skaters when I was out there, because my, my sister lived out there, and she was still working. And so when I went out there, I kind of had to fend for myself. And the only way to get around was on these rollerblades that she had. And we all know that rollerblading is lame. And even when I put them on, I I agreed with that. Uh, no offense to any rollerbladers out there. I don't think there's any left. Uh, yeah, I know. So, but it was just, I mean, I was a big dork. Uh, but anyway, they robbed me. They took all my CDs, which I don't know why they did that. But they were like, have you ever heard of No Effects? And I was like, no. Like, you haven't heard of No Effects? I remember that so vividly. And so when I got back from being robbed I, and I had no more CDs, I looked <laughs> for No Effects. 
Wait, they gave you a music recommendation as they robbed you? Well, no, they 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 uh, didn't like. They kind of like did it in a sly way. They didn't like like mug me or anything. I had a backpack full of stuff, and uh, we were hanging out, and I, we were all skating. It was like we went to some mall, and we were all skating together because all these things. And I thought I'd found some friends, and uh, they were like, "Hey, well, we ought to go." And I was like, "Oh, I'm, you know, hang out." They're like, "No, we got to do this thing." And they left, and when I got back to my bag, it was, they had taken a bunch of stuff. Oh, so. God, fucking skaters. Fucking punks. Uh, so I was like, oh, well, clearly I should get into the music that these guys like. <laughs> but then I started listening to you know, and And really, the big, the biggest thing is my friend in high school, my, uh, my sophomore year of high school, my friend Jared gave me a tape, and it had propaganda, and it had the, you know, stick that fucking flag up your ass uh, song on it. And um, the second time I went out to California, I had a tape of <laughs> a tape that's awesome uh had a tape of uh good Rid- good riddance um comprehensive guide and the other side was um how to clean everything by propaganda and i just listened for like i think i was there for like three or four weeks and it was the only thing i listened to over and over again um and i mean at that point i was you know i think i was hooked at that point and i just kind of went on to um discover all the bands and um really like you know no use for a name like all the different all the different bands i liked you know mostly it was a mixtape and then i started getting individual records and then of course the comps for the longest time on the, on the same like the what i liked about those comps and i think that from talking to mike i think that's what his plan was is you make the comp like an album you should throw it together and put a bunch of songs on it it plays like an album like you listen to the whole thing like some of those bands i didn't really get into as much as other bands and i uh, you know didn't go and i went on to like buy lag wagon's record or maybe i didn't you know didn't buy one of the other bands but i still would listen to the comp as a whole album you yeah. know oh yeah absolutely so like it was uh no it was a fat cost man and they were like three bucks or you know sometimes a buck or that kind of thing and that was that was slightly before the the sharing the Napster thing happened. Oh, I love Napster when that happened. That was a good time. I think that was like, I think that's, I think that was later on, uh, like ninety like ninety eight ninety nine when Napster started kind of really coming into. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, man. I, I, so like those bands, cool. And you you get older and you stop liking you know things and I don't know this new album that came out. I, I loved it and. Like, it was like, I said like a lot. Uh, it was vi- the consistency of the bands. Even though, like, the wait time was sometimes heart-wrenching, uh, it was always worth the wait. You know, every single album they, that, that most of those bands put out was just, I, they could do no wrong. And, um, like I said, it's really a, a, an honor to be able to get to tell a story. And um, I think with... This type of thing, being a fan for as long as I have and all my friends being fans and us being, uh, me being, most of my friends are people who like Fat Records bands, like, it affords me a little bit of uh, knowledge about it. So I can put in those little references to things in the movie that only Fat Records fans are going to get, you know. But I also will say this. My goal is to make this a movie that anyone can watch. So it's not just a, a fan movie. Fan, like, I wanted to make it something that other people who are not into fat records 
will start watching and maybe go, hey, man, some of these bands are pretty good. I mean, explore more into this. I love the, the ethos of the, the label. And, and hopefully it will inspire some people to be like, oh, we don't have to fuck people over. Yeah. You can, you can, you can do things and be cool about it. And sometimes things don't, you know, work out. You know, the we talked to Laura Jane Grace. We also talked to Mike and you know about the against me stuff. Um, you know, and you know, not in great, super dramatic detail, but you know, they left to go into a major, and Mike was like, okay. You know, he's like, I'm bummed, but. You know, I'm, I'll never tell a band what to do. You know, that's so um, great. And and they did, went and they did went through the process and they you know, and you'll get to hear a little bit from the from from Laura's you know, she talks about it, but uh, you know they came back they came back and he played bass on one of their records I think and sang uh, maybe done some backup vocals on that last Against Me record. You know? Oh, the trans it, it, something blues. Yeah, like he album. helped record. Mike helped record that album. You know, so even when even when they kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, screwed screwed him over a little bit. He didn't. He let bygones be bygones. He's like, I don't want to spoil alert. He's he, not really. Uh, he he said he's like why would you ever want to keep a band on your label that doesn't want to be there why would you force someone you know it doesn't make any sense you know oh no um man well thank you so much for doing this where could uh, people find all your stuff online and uh, the Indiegogo and whatnot so you can find um if you type in uh, Fat Wreck into Google um, we actually pop up uh, pretty quickly we have a Twitter it's a Fat Wreck I mean it's pretty fairly easy to find us um so we have a twitter account that we uh we'll be doing some you know when's the when's the podcast go up do you know i was gonna ask whenever you want it up i could have it up as early as monday that would be great because we're gonna be doing some giveaways on the twitter like giving away like blue blu-rays or skate decks or you know the double disc like tribute comp um that uh, that'll be coming out really soon. It's about 30 so- 30 songs of bands doing um, uh, different Fat Records tracks. Um, it's a it's a perk on the. It won't be sold. We're actually going to be releasing it for free. Um, and we have a double disc vinyl of the tribute comp that's part of the perks. But after the Indiegogo ends, we're not selling it. You know, it's not going to be a for sale thing. It's just as a perk. So uh, um, there's like 30 bands. It's got Big D in the kids table. Um, uh, John Snodgrass, Armchair Martian, his ar- band Armchair Martian is on there. Uh, and uh, we have some – it's actually a, a really cool thing too. There's bands from like Brazil, Chile, uh, Canada, Germany. Like it's another – it's a worldwide effort as well. Um, we also will be giving away – if anyone's going to the 25-year anniversary, giving away passes to the screening uh, afterwards. So if they can check out the Twitter and our Facebook um, our email list, you know, you know how email lists are. Everyone's like, oh, you should join our email list. But we, I really do things where the email list gets stuff before anyone else. And there's gonna, there's extra stuff that we do for our email list that people don't get on the social media or that kind of stuff. Um, like I was, I think I mentioned to you the making of documentary that we made. Uh, we previewed it to our email list um, for uh, a few days in, during Christmas so they could check it out. So. Um, so yeah, so all those different places. Um, we're really stoked to show everyone the movie. Um, 
we're hoping to that we are doing screenings uh, throughout the country starting in the, the fall. Uh, that is tentative. I'll tell you that making movies is hard, and there's a lot of things, legal things, as far as getting clearances and all kind of like technical stuff that has to be done. Um, but everything's looking really good right now, and we're hoping to get to share it with everybody uh, fairly soon. Um, and we really appreciate everyone who's donated, anyone who's shared and talked about it, um, anyone who is has bought Fat Record stuff in the past and has been a, you know helped get the word out. And um, yeah, we're thank you to everybody for letting me do this, <laughs> in a sense. And thank you to you for having me on the podcast, man. I'm really, I'm really stoked uh, that you uh, were, had me on, man. Oh no, dude, this is like such an honor. Because like once I found your thing, I was like, oh my god, I need to talk to these people. I, I, I have to see this. Come back, come back on, man. When you get the thing up and rolling, come back on the show and like to help promote it again. And I'll keep in touch. Good luck. Thanks so much. Talk.